0: hey guys good morning and welcome to a new episode this is your host muhammad haliba let's get started what is peritoneal inclusion cyst this is basically a septate fluid collection formed by adhesions from prior surgery typically around the ovary or the ovaries closely associated with it or trapped within the uh, collection this is not managed by surgery because surgery will create more cysts Main differential for peritoneal inclusion cyst is cyst adenoma. Cyst adenoma has thick septations and exert mass effect. Again, peritoneal inclusion cyst is a septated fluid collection formed from prior adhesions or surgery. X-ray demonstrate numerous ossified bodies on similar size within the joint capsule. The diagnosis is synovial chondromatosis. Again, X-ray would demonstrate numerous tiny calcifications of similar size in the joint space, this is synovial chondromatosis. Main differential is PVNS. On MRI, they might look similar because of the Bloomin artifact, but on X rays, the ossifications is synovial chondromatosis, are calcified versus PVNS, there are no calcifications. What is Shalada T syndrome? That's when a loop of colon is interposed between the liver and the diaphragm. Again, chelidity syndrome is when a loop of colon is between the liver and the diaphragm or anterior to the liver. What's the time between the pulse and its resultant echo? That's echo time. Again, time between the pulse and the resultant echo is echo time or TE. What tissues or structures are bright on T1 weighted images? The most important one is melanin and this can be shown as uh, T1 bright liver lesions and the diagnosis they want to get at is melanin or melanoma metastasis. Now back to the main question, tissue or structures with T1 bright uh, imaging feature, fat, hemorrhage, depends on the age of the hemorrhage, proteinaceous content and gadolinium in addition to melanin. Again, T1 bright structures, melanin hemorrhage, proteinaceous material, and everyone knows fat and gadolinium, right lung or right bronchus anatomy division. So we have the right main bronchus give us the first branch, which is the right upper lobe bronchus. Right upper lobe bronchus divides into apical, posterior, and anterior segments. Again, right upper lobe divides into apical, posterior, and anterior segments. Then the bronchus intermedius divides into the right middle lobe and the right lower lobe. In the middle lobe, it gives us the lateral and medial segments. In the right lower lobe, we get the superior segment and then everything else is basilar. Medial basilar, lateral basilar, anterior basilar, and posterior basilar. Again, to summarize, got the right main bronchus, which the first branch off is right upper lobe. The right upper lobe gives us the apical and then posterior and anterior segment. Then we have the bronchus intermediates which divides into the right middle lobe giving us the lateral and medial divisions or segments and then continuing in the right lower lobe giving us five segments. Superior and then everything else is basilar. So medial and lateral posterior and anterior basilar segments. This is a review from prior episode. Portal hypertension due to occlusion of hepatic venules, which is due to slothing of endothelial cells, which cause fibrosis of the venules. The diagnosis for that is hepatic venoocclusive disease, otherwise known as sinusoidal obstruction syndrome. Again, portal hypertension due to occlusion of hepatic venules due to slothing of endothelial cells, which cause fibrosis of the venules. This is hepatic venoocclusive disease (VOD) or sinusoidal obstruction syndrome (SOS). What is total anomalous pulmonary venous return? That means abnormal returning of the pulmonary vein into the heart. Essentially, pulmonary veins typically return to the left atrium. With total anomalous pulmonary vein, all the pulmonary veins would return into the right atrium. They're subdivided based on how the blood returns into the right atrium. So we have supracardiac, infracardiac, and intracardiac. For supracardiac, the total pulmonary venous returns to the right atrium through the SVC. So communication between the main pulmonary vein and into the SVC, which then drains into the right atrium. In cardiac or intracardiac total anomalous pulmonary venous return, all the blood from the pulmonary veins drains into the coronary sinus, which then drains into the right atrium. And finally, the infracardiac total anomalous pulmonary vein drains into the IVC. Again, the infracardiac, the total output of the pulmonary veins would drain into the IVC. The infracardiac drainage is commonly associated with obstruction. On imaging features, the supracardiac total pulmonary venous return would give us the snowman appearance because there would be another loop of vessels above the heart which give us the snowman. The infracardiac would have normal uh, cardiac cavity size, not like the supracardiac, and finally, the coronary sinus would have similar appearance, probably in large coronary sinus. Again, total anomalous pulmonary vein, meaning all the pulmonary venous return returns to the right side of the heart, not the, right, not the left atrium, unlike partial anomalous pulmonary venous return, can be intracardiac, supracardiac, or infracardiac, infracardiac through the IVC, cardiac through the coronary sinus, and supracardiac through the SVC. Everyone's favorite topic, congenital heart abnormalities. We'll continue with it. What is the differential for acyanotic heart disease with increased pulmonary vascularity? When we say increased pulmonary vascularity, that means that there is more blood going to the lung than it should, which means there is a shunt. Again, we're talking about acyanotic heart disease with increased pulmonary vascularity. Increased pulmonary vascularity, meaning more blood is going to the lung. We have four. This typically presents at, in childhood rather than neonatal period. Differential is atrial septal defect, ventricular septal defect, patent ductus arteriosus, and endocardial cushion defect. This is also known as AV canal defect. Again, differential for cyanotic with increased pulmonary vascularity is atrial septal defect (ASD), ventricular septal defect (VSD), patent ductus arteriosus (PDA), and endocardial cushion defect (ECD) and other name for it is AV canal defect. AV canal defect has strong association with Down syndrome. Let's repeat it one more time. Differential for cyanotic heart disease with increased pulmonary vascularity include atrial septal defect, ASD, VSD ventricular septal defect, PDA, patent ductus arteriosus, and endocardial cushion defect or AV canal defect. Differential for newborn with leukocoria or absence of red reflex. On imaging, the sign associated with this differential is known as the martini glass-shaped sign, and this is basically triangular retrolental soft tissue within the small within a small globe. Differential again for absence of Reed reflex and martini glass shape is two things: persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous (PHPV), which occurs when the blood supply fails to regress, or retinoblastoma. And retinoblastoma will have calcifications. Again, martini glass shape in the eye, two things, persistent hyperplastic primary vitreous, PHPV, occurs when the blood supply fails to regress, or retinoblastoma. In retinoblastoma, we will see calcifications. Osteochondrosis of the thoracic spine is termed Sherman's disease. Osteochondrosis of the capitolum is Panner's disease osteochondrosis of the distal radius, mid-lung disease, and osteochondrosis of the lunate is Keinbach's disease. Again, thoracic spine osteochondrosis is Schurman's disease, Capitulum osteochondrosis is Panner's disease, distal radius is mid-lung disease, and finally lunate is Keinbach's disease. Imaging features of meningioma, key thing is diffusely Enhancement, so marked enhancement, 50% can demonstrate uh, hyperdense or can be hyperdense on non-contrasted CT scan, and 20% can contain calcification. Again, uh, marked enhancement, 20% can contain calcification, and up to 50% can appear hyperdense on a non-contrasted CT scan, maybe associated with vasogenic edema. Again, imaging features of meningioma, marked enhancement, up to 20% may demonstrate calcifications, up to 50% may be hyperdense on an uncontrasted CT scan, and is associated with vasogenic edema. Let's do a repeat of osteochondrosis of the thoracic spine. We said Sherman's disease. Of the capitulum. we said Panner's disease. Of the distal radius, we said mid-lung disease. Of the lunate, we said Kionbach's disease. Now, Let's talk about the femoral head. So osteochondrosis of the femoral head is termed leg calf parthes disease of the patella tendon origin. So again, this is the patella tendon origin, not insertion. Sending Larson-Johansson disease of the patella insertion. Oshgood-Schlatter's disease of the proximal tibia plant's disease. Again, osteochondrosis of the femoral head leg calf parthes disease of the patellar tendon origin sending larsen Johansson's disease and patellar tendon insertion ashgood schlotter's disease of the proximal tibia blount's disease and finally let's do osteochondrosis of the foot if it's in the metatarsal bones then it's freiberg's disease in the navicular bone it's kohler's disease and if it's in the Calcaneum, it's Severs disease. Again, osteochondrosis of the metatarsal heads is Freiberg's disease. Of the navicular bone is Kohler's disease. And of the calcaneum, it's Severs disease. Imaging appearance of tricuspid atresia. So, when the tricuspid valve is atretic, what we get? We get dilation of the right atrium because the right ventricle is very small. Again, so dilation of the right atrium, we get prominent. Atrial septal defect, so communication between the right and left atrium. And finally, fat in the atrioventricular groove. Again, manifestations of atrio or tricuspid atresia is fat in the atrioventricular groove, enlarged right atrium, and atrial septal defect. The right ventricle doesn't have to be completely absent. It can be small. Mechanism of chemical shift of the second kind. This is the classic chemical shift where we have in and out of phase imaging to distinguish intracytoplasmic fat or microscopic fat. The underlying mechanism is that fat and water have different resonance frequency. So in, when fat and water are contained within the same voxel, in the out of phase imaging, we see signal dropout because fat protons are shielded and they resonate at a slower frequency when compared to water. And so we get loss of signal from fat. So if there's intracytoplasmic fat, because of their slow resonance frequency on the out-of-phase imaging, we get signal drop out. This is a T1 uh, imaging property. Again. Uh, T1 sequence chemical shift of the second kind is the one we use for intracytoplasmic fat or microscopic fat and the mechanism is that the resonance frequency of fat and water is different particularly on the out of phase imaging the fat resonates much slower than the water which causes signal drop out. I think we'll end with the physics question and uh, we'll pick it up tomorrow.